Go ye therefore. Right? That's what I grew up with. John and Amy, go ye therefore to Greece. Uh, That was the verse that all pastors use to get people to go into the mission field. Go ye therefore. But as you were with us a couple of weeks ago, we kind of broke that down and we learned that the go is actually a participle. It's not an imperative verb. So being a participle, it's as you go. As you go, I, I don't have to go to Greece. It's just as I <clears throat> walk out this door and I live my life, as I go, I'm baptizing and discipling in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think it's just as Matt was saying, just breathe. Let me take some pressure off of you real quick. Take some pressure off of you and just enjoy Jesus. And if you enjoy Jesus, I guarantee you're going to talk about Jesus and you're going to run across people that need to hear the good news, the gospel which we now have been teaching for the last two years. It was February 26, 2017, when we started this journey through the Gospels. And today, I'm kind of bummed that it's coming to an end, but uh, we'll continue on with the, the continuation of the church. So Jesus said, go and make disciples. And then we wrapped up two weeks ago with, And lo, I am with you always. I'm with you always. He started off that right before the go ye therefore. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And I'm with you always. I've got all the authority in heaven and on earth. And I am with you continually. And I look at the scripture. I look at Galatians 2.20. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. All authority on heaven and earth lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Ephesians 1.13, it says, In Him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. He is with me because I simply believed. Ephesians 2.6 says, He also raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. I don't get that. I'll just be honest with you. I'm I'm standing here in the Delaware Township Community Center teaching the Word of God, but it says I'm seated right now in the heavenlies with Jesus Christ. I'm there because I'm in Christ, and that's where He is. Philippians 1.6 says, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I am with you always. I'm going to be there when you go through the junk. And I've got all the authority in heaven, and I've got all the authority here on earth. I'm going to walk with you. And when you figure this thing out, you're just going to go live your lives And you're going to tell people about the good news. Now, jump to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. 
as we continue our journey. It says, for I passed on to you <clears throat> as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve. Then He appeared to over 500 brothers at one time. Most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Now watch this in verse 7. It says, Then He appeared to James, then to all the apostles. You look at that and you go, okay, so... He first appeared to Peter, to Cephas, and then he appeared to James. Who's James? James is important as we continue our study after this. Look in Acts twelve seventeen. it says, Motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Tell these things to James and the brothers, he said, and he left and went to another place. This is when Paul miraculously escaped from the prison cell and he went to be free. He literally says, go tell James and the rest of the disciples. Why is James picked out? Acts 15.13 going on says, after they stopped speaking, James responded, brothers and sisters, listen to me. Now James is the one who's proclaiming the good news. That that's kind of a big deal, because wait, wait, wait a second. Acts 21.17 says, When we reached Jerusalem, the brothers and sisters welcomed us warmly. The following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. He's literally saying, James is in Jerusalem. He's preaching the gospel, and he's now one of the church leaders with the elders. And then Galatians 1.18, Paul says this, Then after three years, I did go up to Jerusalem to get, get to know Cephas, and I stayed with him 15 days, but I didn't see any of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now you know why Jesus saw James second, because James was going to be the guy, he's an interesting man to study, he's the same one that wrote the book of James, you know, the one that still talks about doing things. He's still in Jerusalem. He's the leader, the speaker of the church to the Jews there in Jerusalem. He's still got a little bit of law to him. Still got like, let's trade this off. I've got to reach these Jews and they're into the law. But, but here's the crazy thing is, you go back just a few chapters in the Gospels, James thought his brother was crazy. Right? James thought his brother was crazy, but now all of a sudden James is a believer in Jesus and he's the one that's spreading the good news in Jerusalem. That's a great thing. Look at Luke 24, 44. Luke 24 says this, he told them, this being Jesus, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Everything that's written in the Old Testament, the first part of your Bible, it had to be true. Jesus is saying, it had to be true. I'm here proving that it is true. 
everything that is written that you have, there they are in Jerusalem. They have an Old Testament, the Word. They have, they have the law there, the first five books, the Pentateuch. They have all the prophets. They have all the history written right there, and they refer to that Word. He says, everything that you've read in this Word, it had to be true. Then he opened their minds. What does that mean? Then he opened their minds. He allowed them to let this register for a second. He opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. He also said to them, this is what is written, the Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead the third day. As it was written, according to the Old Testament, go back to Isaiah and you can see that's the prophet Isaiah said this. It says, and repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in His name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. They had left Galilee and now come to Jerusalem. Jesus really said right here, here's what He said. He said, I had to die. I had to be buried. And I had to raise again according to what the prophets said. This all had to occur. The second thing Jesus said is this. Now forgiveness and repentance must come to each and it is going to come through me. And you are to go and tell the world. Tell the world that forgiveness and repentance is coming through Jesus and it is available to them. He says in verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. And look, I'm sending you what my Father promised. As for you, Stay in the city until you are empowered on high. Now, uh, there's from the point of Jesus' resurrection to the point of Pentecost, it's 50 days from holiday to holiday. 50 days. Jesus stayed 40 days. We know that Jesus stayed 40 days here on earth before we get to His ascension. So that leaves 10 days before this happens before this empowerment occurs, and this empowerment occurs where? In Acts, in Acts chapter 2. But let me look at Acts chapter 1, verse 3. It says, <clears throat> After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by, by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days, and speaking about the kingdom of God. While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which he said, you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. Now, let, let me explain something. One, they've already been baptized. They were, most of the disciples were baptized by John the Baptist. You have to understand what baptism means because it takes on several different definitions throughout the Scripture. But the baptism by John the Baptist was we identify with what John the Baptist is teaching. He was the preparer for the way for Jesus to come. We identify with that. Now Jesus is saying there's coming another baptism, a baptism with the Holy Spirit. You have to know I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, there's Oral Roberts University. 
the older folks will know who Oral Roberts is. Uh, but Oral Roberts was a televangelist. He was one that would go ye therefore. And he would heal people and speak in tongues and do all sorts of incredible things. He had a dream one time that he saw a 600-foot Jesus who told him to build a 60-story hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So he built a 60-foot-story hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa is also the uh, charismatic capital of the world. Rima Bible College is there. And so growing up in Tulsa, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, and we just didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. Because if we talked about the Holy Spirit, then we were associating with the charismatics, and we didn't want to associate with the charismatics. So we just didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. It's the way it was. There's a difference of mindset. Jesus said, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it gets twisted and it says, there's another baptism that says you'll be baptized in the Spirit. I believe that the moment that I believed in Jesus Christ when I was eight years old, that I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. I believe there's additional gifts. I didn't see any need for them in my life. But what he's saying here to these disciples is you will be baptized with the Spirit. The Spirit is coming. You know what? <clears throat> Those boys sat there and said, I'd rather be out playing in the snow. They didn't have a clue what was about to happen to them. They saw all these things. Remember, Peter went back and he went fishing in the Sea of Galilee. He's like, I'm just going to go back to work. They really didn't have a clue what was about to happen to them in ten days. Verse 6, it says, So when they had come together, they asked Him, Lord, are You restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? Like, You've talked about this for three years. Is this the point? You've come back now? Is it all going to happen right now? He said to them, It's not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by His own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You know, the, this doesn't occur until the next chapter, Acts chapter 2. It's the birth of the church. They're waiting for the Spirit to come. And to be honest with you, I know that I have the Spirit living in me, but... Someone was just asking me this week, are you ever going to teach Revelation in here? And I'm like, no way. No way. I mean, I can take the Scripture and I can unpack it for you, but I've got you know a dozen people out here that all have a different beliefs about how the end times are going. And, and so for me to do that would be my opinion, which I have, and I'd be happy to share with you over coffee, but I'm not going to stand up here and because it's he says right here, nobody's going to know what happens in the end times. I've got the word of God that gives me kind of a map, but I don't know when it's going to happen. I, if somebody tells you they know when Jesus is coming back, you better run. Because Jesus didn't even know when he was here on earth. Look at Mark sixteen nineteen. 
It says, So the Lord Jesus, after speaking to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. That's, that's kind of a big verse right there. So the Lord Jesus, he's talking to his disciples, and after speaking to them, it was taken up to heaven, and he sat down at the right hand. Let, let me focus on the, the sat down, because if some of you are studying Hebrews, I know our high school students are studying Hebrews at my house on Wednesday nights, and this is a, this is a perfect synopsis of what happens in Hebrews when it says that Jesus was, is our high priest. He's our eternal high priest. And what happened is when Jesus sat down, his last words on earth were, it's finished. When it's finished, all the work is done, what do you do? You sit down. Like there's nothing else to be done. You, you think that you have to continue doing when our Savior's already like sat down? And said, I've done it all for you. Just breathe. Just breathe in the midst of the chaos. He's not up there pacing around or anything else like that. He's not worried about anything that we're worried about here on earth. He's literally sitting next to his father. Speaking good things about you. Look at Luke 24.50. Luke 24.50 says this. Then he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany. This is before he actually ascended. We're backing up here. He led them out to the vicinity of Bethany. If you remember Bethany, Bethany was a place that he went to all, all the time. This is where he raised Lazarus from the dead. If you're actually in Israel, you can see the Temple Mount. Right next to the Temple Mount, just east of the Temple Mount, is the, the Mount of Olives. And just on the other side of the Mount of Olives is the city of Bethany. So literally, Jesus would go from the temple area, to Bethany at night and stay. It was walking distance. He says, Then he led him to the vicinity of Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. That'd be awesome, right? Jesus lifting up his hands and just blessing. You know, a lot of pastors will end their Sunday morning service by lifting their hands and saying a blessing over the crowd as they leave kind of what Jesus did. But remember this. Jesus says there's a Holy Spirit coming in 10 days. In the meantime, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to say a blessing over you. And it's going to be a blessing that the Lord just give you peace, my peace. And He's ascending into the heavens while he does this. This is awesome. The whole blessing thing, we have this thing at my house uh, when you sneeze. You say what? We don't say that at our house. You're blessed. Like, I want my kids to know they're already blessed. Ephesians 1 3, 1, 3 says, that we have all spiritual blessings that we need. Like, in this room, you've got everything that you absolutely need. There, there's nothing more that you in this room need than Jesus Christ. You have it. You've got it. There's a spirit living inside of you. 
But now the Spirit hasn't come. Jesus gives a blessing. Watch this. He says, And while He was blessing them, He left them and was carried up into heaven. Jesus is talking and He's floating up. That's a great picture, man. They're just sitting there watching this thing. I don't know if they hear the blessing or if they're just going, this is awesome. This is cool. Totally mesmerized about Jesus floating up into the sky. Pretty cool thing. Look at Acts 1.9. Acts 1.9 says this. After he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching and a cloud took him out of their sight. It was appropriate that there was a cloud there, that it was a cloudy day. Why is that? Because if you go back to the Old Testament, the Old Testament, you can see the tabernacle was filled with what? A cloud. When King Solomon, Second Chronicles 5, built the temple, it said the holy of holies, the holy place was filled with a cloud. Now Jesus who has the glory of God veiled in Him, is ascending into heaven on a cloud. So appropriate. It says, while He was going, they were gazing into heaven. And suddenly, two men in white clothes stood by them. They're looking up. Jesus disappears in the clouds, and all of a sudden, they, they look, did you see that? And they see two men standing next to him. Two angels standing next You realize that in the Bible, the angels are always men. That's not my deal. That's the Bible. <laughs> no Captain Marvel here. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way that you have come seeing him going into heaven. Now look, look at Luke 24:52. We're almost there. It says after worshiping him, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They were in Bethany, went through the Mount of Olives, came to Jerusalem. And there's joy. Doesn't say they were happy. Big difference between being happy and being joyful. <clears throat> says, after worshiping Him, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and they were continually in the temple praising God. What do you think their joy was that day as compared to ten days later? Ten days later when the Spirit actually came to them. Acts 2 Verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This was the point that the church actually was birthed. Right here. Once the Holy Spirit came into them, boom, we've got the church. That's you today. 
You're walking here, hanging out with everybody. Somebody said, well, why don't we just cancel on the 17th? Because I want to hang out with the church. I want an opportunity to just to fellowship and be together and be the church together. This is a big deal. It's not about me getting up here and teaching. It's, it's about being in the same room with my brothers and sisters. Look at Mark 16.20. This is it. And they went out and they preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the Word by the accompanying signs. They went out as they went, as you go, and did the Jesus thing with the Holy Spirit in them. And people saw incredible signs through them. You're sitting here like going, well, that was cool back then, but does that happen today? <laughs> does that happen today? Hello? Are you sure? I promise you, if you can figure this thing out, if you can figure out who Jesus is, we've been doing it for two years. If you literally can take this book and figure it out and know that the Spirit lives inside of you, that He's taken your old heart out, replaced it with a new heart, made you a new creation, that you can literally walk this earth in the midst of the chaos and the muck and walk in victory, that this life will be an incredible adventure for you. And you won't be able to walk here without seeing the miraculous signs that God does. It happens every day. Every day. The question is, do you know Him well enough that you can see these things? Does it make one better? Look, I'm no better than any of you in this room. I have the same Spirit in me that you have in you. That's of Jesus Christ. I am no better... It's all about falling in love with your Savior and knowing Him. When you know Him, when you know Him, it allows you to process things correctly. The more that you know Him, the more that you know what He's about, the more that you know what He offered you, what He gave you, what is literally living inside of you, I guarantee you your life will become a great adventure. And today... That's my prayer. Father, that You take Your Word, which is You, and You just make it come alive in this room. Not just for the parents, but for the kids too. That they too can see how much You love them. How much You care for them. How much You've given them that it becomes real. That they, they walk this earth and when they actually say Jesus died on the cross for my sins, it means something to them. It's not just a statement. Lord, be so real to each of us in this room. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.